You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Good morning. Uh, My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my joy to be with you this morning as we start a new sermon series on growing as a community. And today we're going to be focusing in on how do we grow in our sense of service, or how does service help us grow as, as the community that God calls us to be and wants us to be living here in this place. Um, several years ago, when I was much younger, my wife and I were, were much younger, we moved from um, our college in Indiana and we moved to Wilmore, Kentucky, so I could go to seminary. That's a picture of us in those in those times, I always, I still think of myself as a young person until I see some pictures like that, and then I think maybe I'm not so young. But we were, we were young, we went to this new place, um, entered into life, you know, the, the, the life that is there when you're going to do something like seminary, and you've got to pay the bills, and so we, we entered, both entered into work, uh, I started going to school, and then we started looking for a place where we could worship. And there's all kinds of, of churches in that area, just like any place you go to in, when you're new. And so we visited a lot of places and we had a lot of invitations to get connected or actually to kind of just be a part. And so for a while, we, we always felt, for a while we felt like we were just kind of like the onlookers. We took a very passive, passive role. And there was something that just sort of grew up inside of us when we were in that place. It was like a, dis, a disquietude. It's like there ought to be something more that we're doing or that we're a part of. And, and because we weren't really rooted, we weren't giving ourselves in any place, we just, we felt like we, we didn't connect. And then one Sunday, at the church we were going to uh, at the time, there was this invitation to come to a missions work night. Now, we both looked at that and we said, that kind of sounds a little older than us at the time. And we said, should we go to that? And we said, well... We don't know that there's anything else going on that night. Let's go and let's check it out. And so we went. And they were doing things that night like rolling bandages for hospitals in developing countries. Now, I don't know if you've ever put together bandages, but somebody donated some kind of cloth material, whether it was shirts or or other things, and then somebody cut them into three-foot strips or three-inch strips, and then somebody brought their sewing machine and they sewed all those things together, and then they gave me the old this old machine that somebody had created and you'd start it and you would just roll the bandage up and you, we did that one after one after one after one until we had this whole box of rolled bandages and other people were taking pill bottles and scraping the labels off so that they could be sent along the way. And it was an interesting act, but there was more than that act alone that was taking place that night. So we found ourselves in a community of people from lots of different generations who were gathered in that space. And as we worked, as we did our activity, people began to talk about their lives. They began to share their stories. We laughed with one another. We, and we got to know names like we hadn't known names before. And we ate soup, which was really good. And to eat, it with, to eat soup with people that you're laughing with, suddenly it becomes a feast. And suddenly in that moment, it, it dawned on us that we had found our place. Our place not just to work and to roll bandages or scrape, you know, labels off of pillboxes, but our place to connect and to contribute in a bigger and broader community. 
the place where we knew people's names and they knew our names. And suddenly we had a place called home. I don't know if you've, you've ever been to that spot in your own life, but all of us need to know that there's a place for us, that there's a place where our names are known and, and people know us, and not just know us, but yet we have something, each one of us has something that we can contribute to make that place where we're at the kind of place that reflects the good and beautifulness of what God wants to do in the world. This morning we're gonna talk about how we can contribute in this place. Uh, maybe some of the things that we talk about are places where you're already contributing, or maybe the Lord wants to call out to you today and to ask you, in this place, what are you doing? And how can your gifts, skills, abilities, your passions, your pursuits, how can they be intertwined with what God is doing? And you can be somebody who contributes to the goodness that God wants to do here, not just in this building, but in this community of Springfield and in the world also. We're going to take a look, first of all, at a text that comes to us from the book of Romans, chapter 16. Now, this is a very unique text. I've never heard a sermon preached from this text because there's a lot of names in the text. And I'm going to read the text, and you're going to be able to read the text, too, on the screens. And as I do, you may say to yourself, boy, there's a lot of names. There's actually about 28 names that we're going to read. And some of those names are hard to pronounce. But let me encourage you, as the text comes up on the screen, to pay attention to the things that Paul says before and after the names, okay? The names matter because the names, just like we all have names and our, our names are reflective of who we are. So the names matter. The names reflect people and personalities. But pay attention to what Paul says about these people and what they do and why they matter and how they've contributed to the work that he's been a part of and to his own life. So we start in Romans 16, verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Sancria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they want to risk their lives for me. I'm thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also, give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend, Epinutus. He was the first person from the province of, of Asia to, welcome, or to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who were in prison with me. They're highly respected among the apostles and, become, and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Amplitus, uh, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves, and give my greetings to the believers from the household of Astrobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Tryphinia and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Perseus, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greetings to, I don't know, uh, <laughs> brothers and sisters uh, who meet with them. Give my greetings to Phygolus, Julian, uh, Nerysus and his sister and Olympus and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All the churches of Christ send their greetings. Now maybe you're looking for a name for somebody to add to your family. You have a number of names that you can pick from in that place. Uh, 
28 names, lots of descriptions before and after, friends, fellow prisoners. Ethnographically, when people look at this text, one of the things they notice is that Paul has about half of the names, half of the people that he celebrates are women and half are men. Some of them are Jews and some of them are Roman citizens. Some of the people who get celebrated are slaves. They don't have any sense of, of uh, control over their own lives or not a great deal of control. Some of the people that he writes to are people who are a part of the government. They're part of the civic order. They've got a great deal of liberty and freedom. Some of the people that he writes to, they don't have much of anything. Their greatest gift that they can give to the world is the gift of love. And some of the people that he writes about have a great deal that they get to share, and they've been sharing with the world in which they live. We're going to look at four names, or four different sets of people. The first name that Paul writes about is this lady, her name is Phoebe. Phoebe has a unique gift. She's called, in the one hand, she's called a deacon or a leader within the church. But the gift that she gives not only to the church in Rome, but also to us, is that she's a letter carrier. Now that doesn't sound like a significant gift or a significant way to serve the community. But Paul wrote this letter to the church at Rome in the city of Corinth. And he gave it to Phoebe. And he entrusted Phoebe to be the letter carrier who would carry this letter to the church in Rome itself. And so he says to the church, honor Phoebe, welcome her and, and give her what she needs. She's, she's somebody who not only blessed the church in Rome with this letter from Paul, but she has blessed the world by the act of carrying a letter that describes the gospel in such a way that we can get our, our hands and our hearts and our heads around it. As I think about Phoebe, I, I begin to think, who's, who are people today who are like the letter carriers, the people who carry the message of Jesus in a very tangible way? And I thought about some of the folks who come out of Schweitzer who serve in our community, and those are the folks who lead the Good News Club at Pittman Elementary. They take the message of Jesus in, a, in the context of their own bodies with the stories of Scripture, and they live them out, and they share those stories with the young kids at Pittman Elementary. And I think about those folks, and I think there are Phoebes in our midst. People today who are still serving and carrying the letters that have been given to us, the good news of Christ. A couple other people mentioned that Paul mentions. He talks about Aquila and Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla are a couple of folks who've been give, given a lot of resources, or they, they have a lot of resources in life. One of the things Paul says about them is that they were Jews. And in fact, at one time, they had to leave Rome, and they met up with Paul in Corinth. And they worked alongside Paul in Corinth. And he, and he just fell in love with Aquila and Priscilla, or Priscilla and Aquila. I, have to, I really need to say that in the right order because... Uh, some biblical scholars say you have to notice right away that the first two people mentioned in Romans 16 are women. And you don't want to lose that reality, that Paul has a recognition, a special place in a culture that doesn't, at least in Paul's day, in a culture that didn't recognize women. Paul is recognizing the contribution of women. And so Priscilla and Aquila are people who've got a lot of tools. One of the other things Paul says about them is that they host the church in their home. Their house is large enough so that there could be lots of people who would be gathered in their home. And not only are they good at hospitality, but they're also good uh, storytellers. And they tell the story of Jesus. They're teachers. They're people who give a lot of guidance. 
They are, in the parlance of today, if you're a baseball fan, they are people who have, they're a five to a player. They've got lots of different skills and abilities, and all of those skills and abilities, they've done their best to employ for the, for the benefit of the community that's around them. They really seek to serve in lots of different ways. And I think about how in this community, within Schweitzer, we have a lot of people here who have a lot of gifts and abilities, five tools, multiple tools. And when some of you are called upon to, to be a part or to come alongside somebody else or to minister in a certain way, you are people who step it up. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, recently, there was a young person who moved to this community and he was looking for a business coach. And he talked to Pastor Jim and Pastor Jim said, let me talk to to a guy by the name of Wayne Thompson. And Wayne's got all kinds of things on his plate in the world in which he works. But Wayne said, yeah, I'll take him on and I'll, I'll do what I can in that moment. That's where you're saying, I've got lots of things and we've all got lots of things that are in front of us. But how can you take the tools that God has given you and bless somebody else? Priscilla and Aquila did that. And then Paul writes about a whole list of people that we never hear about anywhere else within the pages of scripture, except in this one passage. This is the one place where their names are listed. And I call them the unknowns, people like Mary and Andronicus and Junia. Some of them, they're friends to Paul. That's their big service, they serve as friends. Some of them just love, some of them, he says that you've worked hard. You've been co-laborers, significant laborers. And he doesn't describe them in a lot of other ways. I think about in, in a place like this, or in fact, throughout all the community in which we live, there are a lot of people who do the small things, right? The small things, but they, they really matter. And they make a significant difference. And Paul celebrates the people who do small things who make a big difference. And then there's Rufus and his mother. And Rufus and his mother, um, on the one hand, Paul says, your mother has been like a mother to me. And Rufus and his mother are people who are connected. He said, you're connected to Christ because Christ called you out. Rufus's dad is Simon. At least we think so, um, theologically, historically. We think that his dad was Simon, who helped Jesus carry the cross through the streets of, of Jerusalem. And Rufus and his mother remind me that there are those in our midst, those among us, who walk alongside of people who have really difficult times and they're in a really difficult place, a place of suffering, a place that's really hard. And I think about some of the people who serve as champions in Jobs for Life or in Faith and Finances. And some of the stories that people hear in those places are really hard to hear. And yet with great grace and with great grit, they walk alongside people who are, who've been at places of great suffering. And they hear those stories and they stay with them. And they stay passionate for them. I also think about people who go to visit in the hospitals. Those are some of the folks, our unsung heroes. They visit, if you get sick, and if you're in the hospital, if, if you need somebody to come visit you, we have some folks here at Schweitzer who do that. They have this capacity to love and to encourage and to pray with you when you're in the hospital. What a profound gift. These gifts and many more are at work in, in the church in Rome. And Paul celebrates it. He lists names, he lists names that that we can't pronounce, we can't begin to envision who those people are. And yet if you take a step back, if you look in your own life, all of us have had people that are like those people that Paul talks about, right? We've all had people that have come alongside us from 
from time to time when we needed encouragement and they encourage us or they've been generous to us or people have opened up their lives or they've been generous in opening up their hospital and opening up their place to us in some way. Um, there are ones who have loved us without condition. There are people who've shared Christ with us when, when we needed a word from Christ. And then there are people that have welcomed us and invited us to walk alongside of them as they've served Christ. In my mind, I don't know about you, but in my mind, it feels like I've got a big widescreen movie screen in front of me, right? And I begin to just think about people who fit that bill and their faces and their names. And just for a moment, I'd invite you to just look at the screen that's in your mind and to offer up a prayer of thanksgiving for the people that God has sent along to you to bless you and to encourage you. Just take a moment, close your eyes if you need to. Kind Father, thank you for the gift of people that you put around us, that you used to bless us, that you used to pour your grace into us. Bless them this day, we pray. Amen. So earlier in the book of Romans, Paul talks about how we've each been given gifts and abilities, and that gets on display, or that's displayed for us in Romans 16. But when he's talking about gifts and abilities uh, and things that we've been entrusted with, he really encourages us to use those on behalf of other people, to not only be recipients, but to be givers along the way. And so he says this in Romans 12. He said, don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. Love each other with genuine affection and take great delight in honoring one another. One of the ways in which we do that in this place is we have all kinds of ways in which we, all kinds of groups and ministries, and ways in which we come alongside of other people or we join arms, we link, we share our stories and we listen to other people share their stories. And we see God at work in, in very practical ways. The serve brochure that you were given today as you entered into worship is a way in which there's all kinds of ways that you can, you can take your passion, your giftings, the things that you really pursue, and you can begin to link arms with other people and serve in ways in which you do, in fact, live out Romans 12, where you love others with a great deal of genuineness and love in real ways. Um, if you want to open this up, I encourage you to open this up because there's, there's things in here that may really trip your trigger. I mean, there, there are things in here that you really may be passionate about. You may not even know that, that are happening here at Schweitzer, but they would be great places for you to join a sense of community and to join with others, but also then serve in the world in which we live. I just want to walk through a number of these quickly so you can see kind of the breadth that we have. And yet, even as I do that, I would say this, that everything that happens here at Schweitzer or that's happening in the community of Springfield isn't listed here. And maybe there are things that you're really passionate about that aren't listed here, but God wants you to give voice to your passion at some point, some way. So let's start with under the administrative section. Um, One of the ways in which people serve at Schweitzer is by serving as office assistants. And Taylor is going to be our model for for the things I'm going to talk about. He, he, He volunteered to serve in this way, although Taylor said to us, you know, I can't do all these things. And certainly he can Uh, But there are valuable things. Um, There are folks who sit at the front desk in the office um, Monday through Friday. 
They welcome people who, who enter. And sometimes it's a really fun job. We've got some office assistants who come in and when they, they come, they bring things like cookies. That contributes to our office in another way where they make coffee. And then, um, but they oftentimes, one of the things they do is they, they take phone calls and they talk with people who are in help and they try and figure out who to send that to. And then they offer greetings to people. Oftentimes we have people who walk in the front door of Schweitzer's office and they say, I need help here or there. And the folks who sit at that front desk have to be people of great compassion. And they've got to have significant listening skills. It's like, how can I listen to you the best way possible and show you the compassion of Christ and help connect you? If, if those are some of the skills that you have, if you've been wondering where you could involve those skills in your life, the office assistant is one of those things. The patch ministry is under the care, it's listed under the care item. The PATS ministry is a great ministry in which um, drivers and other volunteers give a Saturday a month to drive kids whose parents are in prison in Chillicothe from Springfield up to Chillicothe. And it takes, it's an all-day event. But when I think about the questions in the world about social justice, I can't help but think that there's a more tactile, fruitful uh, expression of social justice than people who will give of themselves so that the fabric that has been torn because a mother and kids are separated, that that fabric can have the balm of, of Christ present as people give of themselves to drive. The sanctuary setup team under first impressions, um, you may not know that, that there are people who come into this space every week and they make sure that the pens are where the pens ought to be, that the Bibles, the hymnals, all those things are there. If you're somebody who struggles with OCD, you've probably recognized that already. Um, because you check to see that things are in their proper place. Um, I did something this morning and Pastor Jim pointed out to me that I've got a little OCD compulsion. You know, it's like, um, I, I fixed something, it was just out of order. But, but the sanctuary setup team. Now these people, I don't even know who they are. Um, I know that they serve. I see the effects of their service, but they serve as, as a joy. It's a joy to give in this way. Um, if, you, if you would like to serve but not be seen, you could be a part of the sanctuary setup team. Um, last week, Pastor Jim, in the sermon that he, he gave, he talked about how he was challenged many years ago to be a part of of a Sunday school class in terms of teaching it or helping it. And in the kids section, you'll see, one of the things you'll see is a Sunday school helper and he said, okay, a very reluctant okay. And then the first week came and he was asked to give the lesson. And he had the curriculum sitting in front of him and he, he read down through the curriculum and then he just wanted to put it down and say, no, I can't do this. Because what he found was, not only was God inviting him to enter into a place where he could serve kids, but God actually wanted to do something deep in his own life. And what Pastor Jim was saying no to, what, is re, what he was reacting to, was the reality that God was showing him something new about himself. And one of the things that happens when you say yes to being a helper in something like Sunday school is that God oftentimes has something to teach the teacher way before they ever get into the classroom. And so if you want to be at a place where you take a next step in your own spiritual growth, I'd encourage you to say yes to being a helper in Sunday school. In the media department, there are slides operators or audio engineers. Uh, you know, sometimes 
hearing something once just doesn't work for some of us. We need to hear it more than once. And if you've ever thought to yourself, I need to hear a sermon more than once a, a Sunday, you can be a slide operator. And not only does it help you, but it helps all of us. Because those slides make a difference in our own sense of learning, right? I mean, we love to see pictures and we learn in that way or we, we like to have those words up on the screen. Slide operators are a great contribution to us. Under music and worship, there's the, the ability to serve as a communion server. Um, that's a profound moment in our worship services when you get to hold and offer the elements that we call the body and the blood of Christ. And in some ways, for some of us, that we would say yes to serving in that way, that almost scares us deep in our soul. Because that takes us to a place where we realize that we're really coming close to Jesus. And we're offering Jesus. And if that frightens you, let me encourage you to say yes to something like that. That God wants to take you to a place that takes you past your fears and deeper into his heart. And he wants to do that for all of us. Under the outreach banner, there's all kinds of things listed there. I would lift up... Um, something like faith and finances, where, <clears throat> you like that? Yeah, damn. Um, faith and finances is a great place where you get to talk about some basic realities about how God put the world together and how God wants to use money. And you get to do that with, with other folks. One of the things I've, I've heard from people who enter into something where they're a champion or they're supposed to be a mentor in one of these opportunities to somebody else is they, they seem to come back and saying, you know what, I thought I was there to be a, you know, be a bright light, to be a leader to somebody else, but I realized, or God knew that I needed to be there because there's stuff that I didn't know that I keep learning and I keep growing. And so there's this, there's this way within the economy of God, if you will, where we, we say yes to serving and yet God has stuff where he wants us to grow in the midst of that and our community, our community grows. Under the prayer ministry, there's the prayer wall ministry. And, and people in the, in the prayer wall ministry, they meet once or twice a month. And if you've ever written a prayer and stuck it in the, in the wall here or over in the other building, you know, that's something that, that tends to be pretty dear to you, something that is a weight that you want to give over to Christ. But you need to know that you're not the only one who carries that. That there are other people who come along and they pray with you and for you. And they take that thing that was really deep in your own spirit and they lift it up to Christ with you. And if you're at a place where you want to grow in your own sense of prayer, and it may be a ministry that Jesus is calling you into, I would encourage you to join that prayer wall ministry team and pray for the things that get put up in that wall. Under young adults, there's the event planning team. Pastor Jake, you like to put events on, don't you? But do you like to, do you like to make all the plans and all the arrangements? Yeah, I, I can join you right there. But some people in this room love the details. They love to put a party together. You, you love that challenge. If you love that, talk with Pastor Jake or, or email him or write 46 on your card. We'll come to that in just a moment. And then the last thing I'd just point out is, is the youth, um, youth group leader area where you can be a, 
somebody who leads in conversations after a lesson. Um, one of the people that's been doing this for five years is, is Bud Myers. Bud, several years ago, he asked Tim, he said, Tim, do you think that'd be a good spot for me? He said, I'm, I don't know, I, I may be past my prime to do that. And Tim said, come along. And, and he's done that. And there's been this beautiful thing that happens in Bud's group. Bud listens and, and he listens to where the, the kids are at. And the kids are happy to listen to where Bud's got wisdom and he's got something to share. All these places and more are places where there's a spot for you. If you've wondered, if, is there a spot for me in the, in the walls of Schweitzer, in the ministry that Schweitzer, is there something that I can give myself to? I want to say to you, yes, there is. Maybe it's not one of the things that I mentioned, but maybe it's something else that's in that, in that um, catalog. Or maybe as you walked in today and you, you hung out in the fellowship center, you ran into something out there that you say, I think this could be something I could do. I'd encourage you to, to take out your connection card and to write the number on one of those lines and somebody from those, those ministries will be in touch with you. Yesterday, I was uh, mowing the, the grass at our house and, and I was really happy to be out mowing. And then all of a sudden, uh, I watched as my nine-year-old daughter, Kyrie, walked across the grass and she stood like this. And so I knew it was time to turn the mower off. And she said, Dad, that's my job. A week before, I taught her to mow the grass. And so I said, okay. So I got off the mower, and I, I went on to doing something else. You know, some of us in this room, we do all kinds of things. We serve in all kinds of ways. And sometimes... We serve so much that we don't have any margin in our own life. And sometimes we serve so often that we really don't make room for other folks that are around us to serve. If you've not entered into any place, let me say to you this morning, there is a spot for you. Sign up, take the plunge. And if you're somebody, you read through that catalog and you find that you're doing more than five things, you may need to back off something. You may need to step out and say, Lord, here's a place for somebody that you've gifted who's got a passion for this and they need to pick it up and run with it. I don't often, um, I don't typically watch Hall of Fame speeches when people go into the you know, one of the Hall of Fames. But last week, for some reason, I caught the uh, Hall of Fame speech from Morton Anderson, who was a kicker for the Saints and the Falcons and a lot of other teams. I found his, his speech very interesting, but as he came down near the end, Morton Anderson said this, what you give will grow, and what you keep will perish. And he said that as kind of a reflection upon the things he's been trying to do in his own life and the way in which he's been trying to live. As I, I heard him say that, I thought that's a really good comment because it really does pick up on all of the things that we've been given and entrusted with. And what do we do with those things? Paul, scriptures, God himself says to us, when I've blessed you, how is it that you're going to bless somebody else? 
You're going to take what you've been given, and it's going to grow. And the community is going to thrive because the love of God, the love that you know, the love that you've experienced is not just something that you talk about, but it's something that is living and breathing and touches them right where they're at right now. The band's going to come, and they're going to lead us in some more songs. And they're also going to lead us as we, as we take a moment and we give to the Lord with our tithes and our offerings. And also, as we have an opportunity, take that connection card to fill it out. And if there's some place where the Lord has really been speaking to us about or something that's on our heart, and we've been invited into serving, you can write that down. You can write that number down and place that card in the offering bag. So as the band leads us, let me encourage you to uh, respond to the call of God in your life.